What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Recorded live. All right, all right, all right. This is Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. This is Compton Politics. Uh, We are live. I've been having technical difficulties tonight again. I'm sorry about that. I don't know what's really going on tonight. You know, I got this old, old iPad that's just like on some other movement for me. It's not working with me. Um, But, you know, just forgive my tardiness again. Uh, I got some people calling in, and uh, I hope they come in. I hope I'm on the air. Yeah, I'm on the air. Yes, 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 it's company politics. What just happened? Oh, my God. Oh, man, this is tripping. This thing is tripping. This thing is tripping. OMG. Come on now. Come on, work with me. This is not fly. Oh, yeah, this is being recorded. I'm back on the line. I mean, you know, I don't know what's up with this dang computer, everybody. You know what I mean? They have people saying they're trying to call in. and Yeah, yeah. You know, but it's all good. It's talking politics. It's Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. Sorry for the tardiness. You know, stuck wild out here. It's a lot of stuff going on. And uh, I'm just trying to make stuff happen. You know what I'm saying? Just trying to make stuff happen. I got my guest. I'm going to start my show right now. I know my guest is one of my guests is calling in right now as we speak. Uh, hold on. Let me. Hello, guest. Can you hear me? Yes, I can, Zoe, but I'm, I'm going to have to log out so I don't um, miss, miss uh, your program up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've been having technical difficulties over here. I don't know what was going on, but I'm in now, and I'm happy about that. Okay, so you were able to log in then, correct? Yeah, I'm in. I'm in right now. Yeah, I'm in right now as we speak. All right. Yeah. All right, all right. All right. All right. Yeah, this is uh, Lorenzo Elvis Murphy tonight. It's open forum. Uh, I just, you know, had a great weekend. I went to that um, Women's March downtown L.A., and I'm talking about it. it was so many people. And I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to just hit it on the real, you know, what I feel about that. I mean, what I saw, what I visioned, you know, what uh, it's just – the whole thing was kind of like kind of confusing to me um, just due to the fact that, you know, just a lot of people and it was a lot of speakers that were speaking and, you know, everybody was speaking about, you know, people of color and uh, their rights and, and it's a lot of people just speaking about, you know, they were saying pussycat, pussy this and, you know, the cat this and, 
it was just so many posters and banners everywhere, people protesting. Uh, I just love the energy, you know, but it was something missing there. It was something really, really missing at this march. And, and, and I'm not being a racist. I'm not being uh, biased about anything. I'm just calling it how I see it. I articulate stuff when I go places. And when I went there, it was predominantly all Caucasians. And it wasn't even really no Latinos, really, and not too many blacks. But the majority was all Caucasian people. It was about a, out of 750,000 people, uh, you can say it maybe was 2,000 blacks. And, but the whole thing that got me was when people were speaking and, and talking, there were different types of organizations that were speaking about what was going on, who put it together, and the, whole, the community, and everybody's up in an uproar. But at the same time, um, I didn't see any black speakers. I didn't see any African-American speakers that spoke um, on the mic. There was at least maybe to say no extra to it. probably about 30, 40 speakers that spoke. And I did not see not one African-American get on that microphone. And I did see the lady, she sung the national anthem. You know, she sung that song like that. You feel what I'm saying? But at the same time, it just was like a kind of, kind of discombobulated me because I'm trying to understand, is there two type of wars out here? Is there two type of levels of the problem and the issues out here? Um, and I'm just been wondering, I've been asking people because there wasn't really no black people out there protesting. And, you know, Donald Trump is in office now. But I think, you know, just my own point of view, you know, I have my own point of view. I feel that Black people are not even really worried about Donald Trump because we've been going through things way before Donald Trump and nobody never listened to us as a people. Um, and now that I think I'm just hypothetically speaking, uh, the tables have turned around to where what we've been crying about for 400 years or probably 2,000 years or whatever, how long we've been talking about certain things on how they are and how people are treating us and what people say to us. It's like all of a sudden now, um, everybody's up in the uproar and playing victim to me. I mean, to me, they, I call it they playing victim. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like I can see it's a lot of followers in this movement. I mean, I love the gatherness and the people coming together and let's do this and let's stop this, but let's think about it, everybody. Let's really think about what's really going on out here. Let's put ourselves in a position to where we took really offense of what Donald Trump said, not what he's doing. Let's just, what I saw there was everybody was tripping about what this man said, not what he done. So I, can, I can't even imagine when he planned on doing something and when he do it on a physical level besides just saying, sitting there talking smack and talking shit or whatever he's talking. Um, and I'm just trying to get an understanding with the whole thing is if this man can say something and get you up in an uproar, imagine when he start passing these laws and taking all these things away. Are people going to start committing suicide or uh, killing each other? Is there going to be a plague going on? Is going to be a day of just people just going to do people that they don't like? Or I mean, I really, really will need to know 
what people fill out out there. I'm waiting for my caller to call in. I mean, I had a difficult time coming in, um, but now I'm ready. So I'm trying to get my callers to call in right now. And, uh, you know, I'm just trying to make it happen. Like I said, this company politics is T25CL.com and uh, Galaxy Talk Radio. This is Lorenzo Elvis Murphy, and we are live tonight on T25, and we're just going to make this happen tonight. You know, like I said, this open forum, you know, I just talk about anything, but I'm really talking about the parade and, and the march that went down this weekend. You know, it was wasn't too many African-Americans out there, and I did not see any African-American organizations at this march connecting with people. I mean, this is a world movement. Once it's a national movement, it's a world movement because other people, I'm surprised people in other countries didn't march as well because they barely sat up there and just watched us doing what we do. I got a call from Texas. Let me see who is this in Texas. Let me see. Caller from Texas. I'm trying to get him in. Oh, a caller from Southern California, too. Hold on, wait a minute. Hey, Lorenzo. Nice... Yeah. yeah. Yes. Hold on, hold on, bro. Hold on, hold on. Yo, yo, what's up, Darius? Nothing, man. How are you doing? I'm fine, man. You know, I uh, appreciate you calling in tonight. You know, there's an open forum tonight. And what is it that you want to talk about tonight, you know, for a moment? And I'm going to go open up my other caller because she's, I'm sure this is her. Hello, who's calling? Yo, yo, who's this on the line? This comes from politics. It's Larissa Evans Murphy, Southern California caller. What's your name and who are you? Are you talking oh, to me? Yes, I, I show. I show is gone. Hi, thank you for calling in. I have another guest on the call. On the call too, he's calling from Texas, but I know he's in California. You got a Kevin Texas line. Um, tonight is an open forum, and you know we can talk about anything we want to, any issue. But one thing we will do: we're going to respect each other and give each other turn. Somebody talk. Let's just kind of hear each other. You know, let's just talk it out. Uh, um, Darius, uh, what would you like to speak about tonight? You know, then the second caller of Southern California, my homegirl, uh, you know, I'm just going down the line. You know, whenever you start, we're going to all get in on this, you know, because this is open forum tonight. What is, what's your issue and what you want to talk about, bro? Okay. i like to talk about uh, music in the music industry and um, all the artists out there that are trying to own their own record label or they're trying to, you know, get a record label to see them. Um, and what to do and how to do it, or what they've been doing right. to try to do that for exposure. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool because, you know, T25 is actually um, a platform for artists that need distribution worldwide and movies distribution because I understand that you, you know, you're doing a lot of things out there. You're doing shows and promotions, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, I know you've affiliated with something else, and I'm not going to just blast you out like that. I'm going to let you tell that what you do. But, um, you know, there's a lot of people on T25 that's artists. We sell their music for them. We sell their movies for them. It's a platform for them. If you have artists and you know they need uh, the own their own stuff and still have distribution, uh, Darius, send them to us, man. You know, I can hook you up with the CEOs of, of um, Galaxy Talk Radio. Um, I'm sure they're on the line right now. She's listening. Uh -huh. But at the same time, uh, I would love for you to connect with us, too, because if you have artists and they don't have distribution, Bring the T25, you feel me? So what is that you want to talk about, man? You know, because it's pretty interesting that you want to talk about the music industry and how people – so how could you help people by what you want to talk about? Okay. So, yeah, basically, you know, I just want to make sure that artists go the right direction. Uh, there's a lot of 
you know, new TV shows out there. You know, there's also the development of social media. So they kind of get to, you know, they try to put it in your head that, you know, as if you do these two things that you're basically, you know, going to make it. And what most of these artists don't realize is that they're competing with, you know, a million something other artists, uh, especially in Los Angeles. Everybody's extremely good. So being extremely good is just not good enough. It's, that's kind of like the given. It's like a mandatory. So, you know, um, it's good that, you know, you focus on, first of all, make sure everything's in your name. And I say all this stuff because uh, Big Psych, you know, he's recently passed. Big Psych I worked with. Uh, Big Psych was... Rest in peace, Big Psych. Yeah. And so he taught me this stuff. I mean, he even has a YouTube video uh, where he's talking about, you know, rappers trying to, you know, do stuff. So basically, you know, he's never worked a day in his life. Uh, he basically blew up with Tupac and that was it. And so the first thing he did was he put his, everything in his name in the bank. So if you do that, you know, that makes sure that, you know, it's, it's in your name, you know, you can start a DBA, all that stuff. Basically, you own the rights to all your stuff. Nobody else has that. Most artists, they start an Instagram, they start a uh, page, but they don't do things on paper at all. So they just claim stuff that they don't really actually have anything to show for it. It's just claim. So that's the first thing you should do because that's a paper trail of everything, and it legitimizes you, especially DBA. Okay? After that. Right, right. Yeah. Um, Can I interject something? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. What's your question? My, Go name, ahead. my name is Tiffany. I just wanted to interject something. Okay. Um, I'm just going to jump in on something that you said as far as putting something in, you know, their own name. <clears throat> There's also um, an opportunity there for someone to use a trust if they, where they're the trustee. Uh-huh. If they don't want to actually use their name, they can create another entity with another with its own EIN number, and then essentially you've created another person. Yes. And so, you know, that's just, it's just like, you know, simple stuff like that. You know, my thing is not always music. I also do, you know, advertising. And I mean, I deal with people with business and that's the first thing you learn, you know, legitimizing your business, you know, and not using, uh, there's another thing. A lot of artists use Gmail accounts, Yahoo accounts, MSN, like all this stuff. And if you build your website, whatever you build it in, it should have a domain uh, attached to it to where you can create, you know, your own email addresses. So, for instance, I recommend all my clients, you know, that they use HostGator because HostGator gives you unlimited emails. And so if you build, for instance, CompTonPolitics.com, um, you build a website in HostGator, then when you do your email address, then you'll have Lorenzo at CompTonPolitics, you know, .com because right. they give you free email addresses. So, that's an easy one, you know, but it basically legitimizes that you are who you are and not just some person trying to make it, you know, Gmail attached to it. It just it just legitimizes you even more. So it's like simple stuff right. like that I like to tell people about, you know, that they can do. And then, of course, there's a thousand other things, but I just want to just kind of give some artists, you know, some direction on where they're going when they're doing it, you know. Right, so, so how could the people get in contact with you? I mean, if they want to, you know, people that's going to be the listeners and later on somebody going to listen to it, how could they get in contact with you? Okay, well, I started a company about a year ago uh, called D, as in dog, Hollywood Agency. 
basically, I consider myself an uh, uh, advertising uh, digital specialist, but I have a whole background in traditional advertising and media. I've also interned for um, celebrity publicists, um, so I know PR as well. I work with uh, Cleopatra Records as well. So I've, I'm, I'm in the business, man. And so if you want to get in touch with me, just uh, go to my website, thehollywoodagency.com. And can you spell that form. out? Can you, can you, can, I know it's long, but, you know, we got time. Can you spell it out for us? But I want to go to my next yeah. guest, too. I don't want to leave her on hold. Okay. D as in dog, H-O-L-L-Y-W-O-O-D-A-G-E-N-C-Y.com. Okay. Hey, don't you do movies, too? Don't you, like, have something to do with the movies, the movie of the family industry, too? Yes, I'm starting. Uh, uh, I have a contract with a new studio, um, which I cannot actually talk that much about right now. But right, right. That's um, why I just, you know, that's why I just, you can just stop it right there. That's why I just want to, you know, okay. just do this to the movies. You know, I respect that. That's why I was like, you know, just put it out there because you're into the movies too. You know, you, yes. you, you know, you're making big moves with that. We'll talk about that later. You know, and that's another show. But you know, I appreciate everything. Just still on the line. Let's just see what. What's up, uh, Tiffany? What's going on? Just couple politics with Israel. Remember, thank you for calling in at the last minute for me. And I know you have a lot to talk about. This lady got a lot of wisdom and a lot of knowledge, and she's about the community. She's about the people. I mean, the real people. So, what's up, Tiff? Oh, thank you. How much time are we on the line? As long as we want to be. Oh, okay. Um. Well. Um, let me just see. I'll just talk about 2016. How about that? I mean, 2017. Yeah, do that. Do that. Um, do that. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's open forum tonight, you know? Well, I want to talk about there's a few great things that have happened in um, South Central Los Angeles. And, of course, there's changes that need to be made. So that's what I want to talk about. Well, let's do this. So, let me see where I will start. I will start by saying there was an event on Saturday called Care Harbor. I don't know if you've ever heard it advertised where anybody in the community, you know, can come get medical, dental, and vision services, like come to the sports arena. We're servicing thousands of people. And um, the professional wow. volunteers, <clears throat> well, <clears throat> they had it um, on Saturday. It's my first time participating. And although I have insurance, I still went because my dentist wants to overcharge me for deep cleaning. Um, My prescription is off of my glasses. I'm not sure who's at fault or if my eyes are tripping that day or what's going on. But the bottom line is that I was able to go there and get dental services, including my gums numbed and my teeth, like, thoroughly scraped. I had eye exam, um, a thorough eye exam, and I picked out my frames. I also got a massage and acupuncture, like, I don't know, 20 needles or something like that. I was on the table for about 30 minutes relaxing. And I had a really great experience. Like, everyone was above, better than customer service, normal Mm. customer service. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I've spoken about this <clears throat> within the last couple of days, and you know, I and I've said, you know, I received royal treatment. I got spoiled. 
Like I left there feel like feeling love, feeling good. Right. Right. Um, and what I want to say is that I didn't see many black people, and that's concerning to me. Right. And so I'm not, this is my first time. Well, no, this is not my first time, but I'm not sure who your audience is. I know your show is called Compton Politics. It's the world. But it doesn't the world mean we don't it? have a, a wide range, um, you know, audience, multicultural audience. But um, I would say so we do, like we 90%. Worldwide. So we worldwide. We worldwide because we're the Internet. So we touch in all different mm-hmm. countries and everything. So we worldwide. Okay, so I know this is 90% Latino, maybe 10% black or less. And my concern is goes two ways, is that um, that the black community is not taking advantage of the opportunity. And why is that? And the second thing is why wasn't the black community well-informed in order to make a decision if they wanted to come or not? You know what, I, I like that, what you said, because when I first started the show, I talked about, um, we're going to go back to what you're talking about, I'm going to elaborate because I'm on what you're talking about. I just, when I first started the show, I was speaking about how I went downtown to the Women March. And I went downtown just to articulate the situation. You know, I wanted to see what was really going on down there. And it was interesting. So when I went down there, there was at least 750,000 people downtown. I mean, literally. I mean, really. But the whole thing, just like you said, where are the black people? I mean, is it a, was that, I mean, I'm just going to be real. Was it a black march? Was it a march where it was just for white people and, and speaking uh, for other it colors? Was a <laughs> march for all causes for women. That's my understanding. And I, right, my- I'm going to tell you something. I haven't watched television in five years, and I've been unplugged from the Internet most of this year, except for maybe like the last two days I've been on. And um, what I gather about the Women's March is that it was for different things. Like, was there any Black Lives Matter women there? No, but they spoke about it. See, and that's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say when they spoke on the podium and all these different organizations came up to speak, I mean, I was there like three, four hours. And I've seen like 40 people get up on the mic. I mean, God is my witness. I did not see not one black organization or one African-American person on that microphone. But they sure said Angela Davis. They sure said Rosa Parks. They sure said some Latino power people. And they were sure saying people of color. But I did not, not see not one, not, I did not hear one African-American speak. And it's like, to me, I'm like, what's wrong with this picture? You know what I'm saying? Is it that we, people didn't want to come down there? Or is it that, the info, like you said, just the information? Why, to go. why is that? Because I heard somebody else say something, too. Right. I can tell you why I decided not to go, and I only told this to one other person. Well, you're going to tell it to the world right now. Well, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Look at me now. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Come on, come on. The reason that I chose not to go, um, and I I am not the kind of I'm not the kind of woman that doesn't I'm straight. And I'm not the kind of woman that doesn't get along with other women. I love women. I'm all about the love and the support, the camaraderie, the collaboration, all of that good stuff, the way that we work together, I'm all about that love. 
But the reason that I didn't go, <clears throat> and it was an intentional, strong, firm decision, has to do with the effect of black women joining in the feminism, the feminist movement in the first place and how it has affected the relationship between black men and black women is the reason that I didn't go. Right. That's well, the only you know, reason. And I, I, you know, and I, and, I, and I respect it. I heard another, this is what I heard from another woman. I heard another African-American woman say, I don't want to, like, march it with them. And I was like, really? Like, no, because they fight for a different cause. And there's some stuff that I don't agree with. And so I don't, there are certain things that I am not going to be in solidarity with, period. Right. Right, right, right. And that's what the person was saying earlier. Like, look, man, I'm not, I mean, we've been, like they said, they was like, we've been crying for the last thousand years about stuff. Nobody heard us, heard our cry. Now, this Donald Trump is up here, and he said a couple of words. He ain't even make no action on that. He just said a couple of words, and all these people panic, and everybody playing victim. This is what the person told me. He said, everybody's playing victim now. Everybody's a victim. Everybody's, because their friend is a victim, they're a victim. Then their other friend is a victim. So they all claim to be victims. You know what I'm saying? And I was let like, wow. Let me tell you uh, why. Because, let me tell you why, because America has it set up that way. Um, when you think about, think about domestic violence um, as it pertains to a man and a woman, um, they both could be abusive in the relationship. But the whole dynamic in a domestic violence relationship or like in high school and school, they teach it, they teach bullying, but those things go hand in hand. But what I'm trying to say is that um, America... He got some some noise with a window down. So thank you. Um, Who is that? I'm not the. It's not me, but listen. America is a domestic relationship with itself. Okay, America is all about power and control, and we are its victims. Okay, and if you really want to make it about racism, that same thing is true. And so what happens in these power control relationships is the abuse becomes more frequent and it ends with um, one person leaving the relationship or it ends in death or it ends with that person just staying, um, just succumbing to the dynamic of the relationship and just staying in the position that they're in. Or the relationship can get healthier. So with the way that racism is and the stuff that's just been going on that's been more, um, that we know has been there, but that's been coming more obvious, um, especially in 2016. Right, right. right. You know, what are our options as the victims in an abusive relationship with America? And then the way Trump is acting, I just, like I said, I'm just freshly back on the Internet and I see um, it's being portrayed like kind of like as a joke and serious, where they're saying free um, millennial. I don't even know how to say her name. <clears throat> I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, but Trump's wife. And there's like photos and videos where she looks like she's um, in an abusive relationship, or there's talk about her being like as if she was kidnapped and brought over here or something like that. So I don't know how much of it, how much of it is a joke and how much of it is serious. But <clears throat> he has power and control tendencies. Yeah, 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 you know, 
Of course. You know, I, I've seen a, what are a couple our options of as the victim? That's my question. What are our options as the victim? There's no so options. You fight that. I don't think, it's, I don't think there's no options. Yeah. You know what I mean? You because there's enough, because there's enough people that's complaining about it. So if enough people complaining about it, what type of options can they get if nobody's trying to fix it? They just complaining. You know what I mean? It was like so many people down there fighting for rights and stuff. What is the option for the citizens that are victims of abusive America who is power and controlling over its citizens? What are the prison, options? Prison, the graveyard, the cell asylum, uh, police shooting you in your head, uh, all type of things. There's a lot of propaganda behind all that. Like what you asked, that's a powerful question. No, I'm referring okay. to solutions, Lorenzo. I'm referring to solutions. Example, a man and a woman in an abusive relationship. We're, we're always talking about the woman being the victim. I'm going to flip the script. That's my nickname, script flipper. Anyway, let's say the man is the victim. What I know a couple of them, too. I do, too. Well, what this man did, I know a guy that got into it with a woman this weekend. And she she just, like, he had to actually sock her up. He had to literally sock her up. I mean, like, put hands on her because she was trying to sock him up in his house. And then, uh, what is that? She kicked down this bedroom door. I mean, what do he do? You know what I mean? Do he go down to the police, get a restraining order, and all this stuff, too? What do a man do? Do he do the same thing that a woman do when she's been abused by a man? You know what I mean? But that's what he did. He went down to the police station. Listen, like there are options. There are options. There are options. Of course, of course. When people get hospitalized, you know, near-death experiences dealing with so that, yeah, abuse. that abuse stuff. So yeah. there are there are options. You can leave. Oh, uh, that's what you was at. Okay, now I got what you was asking. Yeah, you can leave. Yeah, yeah, what? yeah. You can take them out. So I just say you can kill them? You can also get taken out. Oh, you have okay. options. You have options. I'm just yeah, saying, that's, that's as far as break the cycle, at what point does it stop? Well, at what point do you say enough of the psychological warfare on our people? We're going to take our minds back and our brains back and do something about it. When does that happen? Right. That's what I want to know. What are we going to do no, about I'm it? I'm going to stop because I could go on and on. Say what? I said I, I said I said I could stop for a minute and let you know, let someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can go well, on and yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my whole thing is, you know, like I said, this Compton politics. This is Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. This is open forum tonight. You know, I just let people come on tonight and just, you know, let them vent, let them talk about what they want to talk about. You know, we have we up here talking about what happens when a reverse of abuse for a man. Lorenzo, did you introduce? Yeah, I introduced you. You said you know I'm your husband, but what did you say my name? What's your last name? How do you pronounce your last name? Tell them, tell them who you are. <laughs> my name is Tiffany Duvernay. Okay, where you from? Warrior Queen. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Come on. What do you do? What do you specialize in in the community? In the community, um, well, I have different certifications from the Department of Mental Health to help the community 
And my interest is in retraining the brain, kind of like what I mentioned about psychological warfare, and really just empowering us mentally because the things that we need to do, for example, how do we keep our $1.3 billion in our community? That's the whole behavioral change that we each have to do individually. And behavior doesn't change without emotion, and emotion doesn't change without thinking. So people, there's a big mental health stigma out there, but our brain health, um, the way that we think, cognition, our mind, thoughts, all those words are interchangeable. And we can't hear mental health and cringe every time we hand it. We, we hear it because that has to do with just processing. You know what I'm saying? Example, um, with like um, health and fitness, if you want to eat healthy, you have to change your thinking. If you want to begin to exercise and be fit, you have to change your thinking. So fitness and nutrition are mental health issues, if you want to be a technical. We have to change the way that we think about it. So anyway, I have different certifications to facilitate groups in the community and empower people. But right now, I'm using my life experience and my training to um, have a voice in the community with these um, politicians and people who can pass bills and legislation. I'm just fighting for us and speaking out, um, especially with the Public Safety and Justice Committee and the Mental Health Committee under Supervisor Mark Reilly Thomas. And right now what I'm doing is getting ready to get involved with the youth, which is age 16 to 25, with a focus on the 18 to 25-year-olds. There's a new drop-in center. Yeah, this is an announcement, actually. There's a new drop-in center. There's a drop-in center in Lamert Park for um, the homeless. That's a large homeless population, the 16 to 25-year-olds. Right there on King Boulevard in Lamert, behind the 7-Eleven on King Boulevard, it's open from, I believe it's 10 a.m. to 6.30. Um, I went in there and had a, had a tour last week. So they have, like, a computer lab. It's really nice. There's, like, the walls are painted yellow. Another one is painted green. So it's colorful in there. There's different positive affirmations on the walls, like plaques. There's a computer lab. There's a little laundry room with a washer and dryer where they will wash um, your clothes. There's a shower. So while you take a shower, take a nap, there's a room for that, too. Somebody's washing your clothes. There's a TV room you know, with couch, new furniture. And so are you still there? I'm right here, girl. I'm letting you do your thing. Let's talk to politics. You know, I'll share here. I'm somebody's on the other line, but thank you. (laughs) And so it was just um, an amazing experience. It was very new, like a month or something like that. And also it's a resource center. And so they are hooked up with everything that has to do with, like, housing or, you know, when you're going through homelessness, you're going to go through mental health challenges, even if it's, simply depression and anxiety. Just right. You've got the situation that you're in, the basics, you know. But they're linked up with a homeless shelter in the High Park area, like not too far from Crenshaw and High Park. And so there's housing right now called um, Winter Shelter through, like, March. They do it every winter. And so right. but the, drop-in, the drop-in center is going to be there. But I didn't, you know, I just wanted people to know that um, <clears throat> there's a large homeless issue. Part of it is our broken foster care system. 
So can I? I'm ask a question. So is there a lot of teenagers out here that's homeless from eight, 16 to 18 that's like on their own? 16 to 25, yes. Well, you can drop it down lower because really, the 12 to 17-year-olds, what you don't know what's going on is the sex trafficking. You can call it human trafficking, but sex trafficking. Um, with an adult, if you want to really know what that is, it's prostitution. But under 18, it's called sex trafficking. Okay. So that's a law. So those are laws that people will face if they do certain things up under certain statutes or limitations, certain statutes. Well, so you're saying a person that if you deal with somebody 18 and under, it's a different, it's a different, it's called something different. They call it something different, it's, but just to let you know what I was talking about, prostitution, the, the 12, the black girls, it's a high percentage of them, 12 to 14-year-olds out here. And the main corner I heard is Western and King. And That's I'm saying this, this is not information I know. This is information I get to hear about when I go to these meetings. And I'm like, what? Are you serious, huh? What? You said 12 and 14-year-old girls? Listen, I'm saying 12 to 17. Okay. But I know a large percentage of them are 12 to 14. 12 to 14. Wow. And if we're, if we're not paying attention, we don't see. We don't see. I have to know what to look for and know where to look and how to look in order to, to see. No. Really? Yeah. They that mm-hmm. undercover? Yeah. Yep. Because I'm like, how am I so blind? I was in the, even in the car with someone showing me and did not see what they were pointing out to me. That's how, that's how underground it is. I'm wow. Like, oh, yeah. Right it's in like, our face and we don't see it. You know, I was talking, right, you know, I was talking about that too also today is how it's a big spiritual warfare and we don't we don't it's like we don't see it but it's going on in our face. Right mm-hmm. in our face, right in front of us, but we don't see it. What? So a lot of things I don't see that's in front of me. I tell somebody, say, man, you didn't see that. Oh, man, you didn't see that over there. I'd be like, yeah, I did see it, but man, you didn't see what they was doing. I'd say, man, no, nah, man, you better look at them again. Then I go back and look, and I'd be like, wow, is that why they standing over there? So I understand what you're saying. And what are they doing about that, though? You I'm know, what, what something. something invisible tells you that. <laughs> Listen to me. The spiritual warfare today. It's so obvious to me the way it's being played out in reality. On this realm, I can't deny it. I'm like, well, okay, it is what it is. Right. What's being done about it is that there are women on the street who are like um, big sister, a mother to these girls who go to them and talk to them and try to give them resources. Believe it or not, the girls won't go. When you're caught up in the lifestyle, you're caught up in the lifestyle. Like we were talking about these abusive relationships. I don't know if they're in a relationship with the pimp. You see what I'm saying? You don't want to go. Yeah, yeah. This is your familiarity. This is your normal. What's going to happen if you leave? You've been threatened. So it really does take a lot for a person to leave something that has become normal to them and to right. make decisions to love themselves. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, you know, being so young, it's just like, you know, your feelings, you're trying to be grown. And it's the feeling of being grown and what you're doing. You don't even think you're doing anything wrong. You just feel that you're grown, you know. Um, 
I met a woman who decide who has decided to be somewhat like a mother to them. Like she'll go and she'll check on them, and she, and she has the resources for them. Like whenever whenever they want to leave, and of course they can get in trouble for talking to her, and everything. So it's a really underground thing going on. It's bad. Wow. Yeah. That 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 hurts me right there. You know, because I have daughters. I got four daughters. I got sisters. I got aunties and mother. I broke down statistics. I broke down in a meeting here in the statistics. I don't. I don't have them in front of me right now, so I don't want to misquote. Right. 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 So, is this a city? Is this a city-wide thing, or is this in certain locations? Well, that was a double jeopardy question, really. I mean, I should have just asked one question. No, I got the answer for you. First of all, okay. It's an eight to nine. Now, I've done my own re- my own research on something different. It's an eight to nine point billion dollar industry. I'm not gonna curse on your radio station, but this is some gross people who are inhuman uh, out here. At eight to nine billion. That's money. Really? You saying I can't wait to strike her rich so I can buy me a little girl to have sex with? That's all that says to me. What kind of mind is that? What kind of soul is that? It's that they're making that much money in that field. Let me tell you something. I, I went and I saw this documentary. It's called uh, "The Abolitionist," where they're they're going in and rescuing these kids. This documentary was out for one day only, and I ran and took my ass. Sorry, I ran and went over there and watched it. <clears throat> After I was. Um, Reading about it, I saw it come up on the, uh, I think, Facebook. Basically, they had missions in uh, in other other countries, too. It's a guy who used to work for our Homeland Security, uh-huh. and they put him in charge of the kids, and he didn't, he was not interested. Now, all of a sudden, this man is on a mission to his death. Do you hear me? to rescue these kids. And so the documentary was about, and there's some heavy hitters, like the director of Schindler's List. He just pulled together like an awesome crew for the filming of this and this mission where he's going into these different places and setting up stings and arresting people. Wow. So that's what the documentary was. And, you know, they need funding, like, to finish it. But um, that's what their mission is. It's called... O-U-R, which is, um, um, I think it's our Underground Railroad. Something Underground Railroad. The U-R stands for Underground Railroad. Right, document right. called the abolitionist. Yep. And listen, these are straight-up white men going to rescue black babies <laughs> from, like, from Haiti and different places. So do you, so do they take... Um, so do they take American kids to over other countries? Why would they need to? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just asking, you know what I mean? Because I don't know. You bring something. See, a lot of people, a lot of people that are listening don't know. The American women want the kids that are here. The American men want the kids that are here. Ain't there enough kids here for these dirty old men? I mean, I never thought it was that type of party. I I can't even answer that. You know what I'm saying? Let me tell you how you know it's that type of party. I'm going to tell you how how you in denial, okay? Think of your friends, Mm. people who've been honest. I used to do Christian counseling. 
All these women were okay. open up. Uh, I would say 70, 80% of the women that were open up to me were talking about being molested by their family members. Wow. I'm one of the only people I know that hasn't been touched, okay? It's so common. It's so, it's, it's an issue that we don't talk about. So I'm not surprised at the eight to nine point billion dollar industry of sex trafficking that these men want these kids and babies because of what I hear in my own community about grandfathers and uncles and cousins from men and women, men who've been touched. So it's like a, a ripple. It's like a, so you said so you said it's like a ripple effect. Listen, it's a ripple effect. People are sick, and I'm not even trying to make it. You know, we're we're so used to the women being the victim. I'm going to tell you something. Men are too. I know a man for the last ten years. But he's fifty. But bottom line, he shared something with me. When he was four, his babysitter was messing with him. A woman. It goes both ways and always. It's something that's not that's not dealt with and talk, talked about. So the fact that it's the eight point nine billion dollar industry, yeah, that's sick enough. That's gross. Yeah, that's a lot but of dirty money. Community, if you want to keep it in the community, we got our own mess going on. Right. Ask right. your neighbor. Ask your sister. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I talk to women all the time. I talk to people all the time, and they always, always, somebody always slip me like, "Yeah, I was molested." I'd be like, "Dang!" I just saw my homegirl last, one of my friends last night. She was just saying, "Oh yeah, you know, I, when I was molested, and just said, I was like, really? Dang, you like fifty right now? You know what I mean? It's a, it's a big thing that's going on out here. You know, um, is it like any agencies out here that does the same thing that them guys do?" You know, do they do that out here, the search for the kids out here, too? And do they, like, do the same thing they do out there in Haiti and these other countries? Well, you know, the whole child pornography, I mean, there's, I know that there's people going after that. I would just say look them up on the Internet. Look them up on where? I would say look them up on the Internet. I'll try to pull it up right now while we're on. Yeah, 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 because that's interesting. You know, I ain't never thought about talking about this stuff, but it's really going down. You know, I'm about my use, and, you know, uh, it's just different levels of where the youth need help at, you know. Uh, there's people for everything out here. You know, I do more, of the, like you say, the brain, the education, and enlightening the youths about how to make a right choice. And, you know, you don't have to be no follower. You have to be a leader, you know. You don't want to get caught up and, you know, have to end up, telling on somebody because you don't want to do the time so and you want to do the crime you don't do the crime you don't want to do the time so you basically it's just hold on a minute it's just basically about you know trying to help how can you help i mean how could a person that's interested how can a person that's interested in coming to help something like that how could they find out how to come help who do they contact Okay, so I'm going to tell you something. First of all, the, I'm going to tell you that website. It's called uh, the OUR. It's Operation Underground Railroad, and it's ourrescue.org. So OURrescue.org. That's about um, the abolition and just the sex trafficking that, you know, our world is tripping on. 
So there's right. that. As far as um, <clears throat> any, I mean, honestly, in our county, two one one is a resource. Really? That anybody can call. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And then there's crisis intervention hotlines. Like a suicide prevention hotline is a crisis intervention hotline. You can just reach out to anyone. Even the drop-in center that I mentioned um, that's in Lamert now on yeah. King. It's um, either 2014 or 1428, the address. But um, <clears throat> that's a drop-in center that someone can go to. It's a resource center. You can just go in there and reach out. Um, with me, they can reach back here, and you can give them uh, my contact information. Oh, okay. What is actually your position? What is your position called? I call myself an empowerment specialist. An empowerment specialist? Empowerment okay. specialist, yeah. How long have you been in the business, may I ask? Because I'm sure somebody's going to call me. Because I'm sure somebody's going to call me and be like, man, I need to talk to her. My experience as far as um, my experience with, I would say, transformation, basically I can only help a person that will want to help themselves. And, um, and that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. My but that makes a big difference. Doesn't, doesn't that make a big difference? That make, doesn't that make a big difference from a person that don't want to help and you're trying to help them to a person that really mm-hmm. want help? Like, can you tell the people the difference between a person that want help and a person that don't want help? Well, I mean, I could use myself as an example. Is that I believe in growth and change and inner work and love myself you know, and things like that. And then, um, well, this might not be answering a question, but this is something that's coming to mind. I'm going to use dating as an example. I just noticed, um, I'm in my 40s, so I've just noticed um, the men in my age group, um, oh, Everybody is not on the same page. I'm saying some people have a lot of things they haven't worked. You know, we call it baggage issue. You know, I can talk mess about it, but technically we we don't do a lot of healing and dealing. You know, like I think like around 35 and uh, we stuff starts coming up and we start coping with it and we don't know how. And so this goes back to even going back to the, the molestation, rape, even domestic violence that's in you know, our community, even going to that, all of those things affect us. We we have to deal with it, you know. Whatever has, has the trauma that we have experienced, whatever it is, it it never changes. The way that we deal right. with it is it changes. Right. The way we come to it is what changes. Right. And so it's about, you know, are we, do we have healthy coping? And what is that? Are we smoking it away with marijuana? Are we drinking it away with alcohol? Are we sexing it away? Are we shopping it away, gambling it away? Like, what are we doing? Are we so right. up in entertainment? Are we, you know, what are we doing? Right. To deal with the different things that, that we've dealt with because um, they do affect us. But we can, we can not, not, um, not, 
I'm trying to avoid this word overcome, but we can. It's just a matter of <clears throat> applying ourselves, but also having the tools and to even say, help me. And I'm just going to put myself out there. Um, I've been meeting with a group of women for the last five years. And we get together every week and talk about healthy relationships we, from everything from cognitive behavioral therapy to um, learning and supporting each other like at the same time to right, domestic right. violence, to recovering from trauma, to um, self-esteem. I mean, we just talk about so much. And it's important to have that network. Right. It's important right. to have that support. It's important to have a safe place where you can go. And if you don't have that, you have to create that. First of all, you have to know that it's possible because when something's normal to you, that's all you know. Right. Okay, what fantasy you see on a movie or a TV? Your normal is your normal. Right, right, right. So you breaking a cycle, breaking a chain, breaking a pattern, transforming, all of that, all of that is real. It's not far from any of us. But so all, all, that has, all that has something to do with the mind, body, and soul, all those things you just mentioned. Yeah. Right? So, so mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because I know a lot of people don't believe in spiritual. They don't believe in the spiritual warfare. They believe in religion. A lot of people believe in just pray. You know what I mean? Um, and it works for some people. You know, it works for a lot of people. I mean, I, I try to use spirituality because it helps me simmer my anger my madness, you know, um, I pray because I need a blessing. I pray because um, somebody is sick. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's different reasons why you have to pray. A lot of people pray and don't even need to pray. You feel what I'm saying? I mean, I ain't saying it like that, but a lot of people pray and they overpray. Well, with me, with my spirituality level, and it's like the energy, I speak about energy and watch the words you say and, and all that. That has a lot to do with the mental. It has some, that helped me mentally the way I had to come into the spiritual realm. It helped me mentally because when I was, like, actually um, praying, I was like, I don't know if I was praying right enough because I found myself sitting up waiting for my blessing or praying to say, God, I, can you help me? I need my bills paid. So I was really praying in the wrong way. But when I came into my spirituality, in my mental spirituality, I was able to really control what I didn't have control over, where if I had to pay my phone bill, uh, spirituality helped me not worry about it. But when I prayed, I actually prayed and was expecting for God to do something for me. And it kind of mentally damaged me a little bit as I was growing well, up. Because I would, I would, when you're what was hopeful, that again? When you're hopeful and you're faithful and you have positive expectations, that's a different vibration than a person who is negative, angry. Do you understand? Yeah. Right. You're right about that. things into existence. You're right about that. Right. Right. And that's what I'm on now. I pray every day. But I, when I pray, I know why I'm praying. You know, I know who I'm praying to. I know what my prayer is about. And when I'm in my spirituality, it's because it helps me with my feelings, my action, my mood, my mode. My, uh, you know what I'm saying? And, it's a, it, it, and it helps. And a lot of people don't know how to break it down into what it's supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? 
And, and, and I have to break it down like that, the difference. I can't mix it together because I can go to a Bible study and speak and listen to the preachers talking about the Bible, and I can actually rebound and speak about spiritually out of here about what he's speaking about in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? So it all goes in hand. But back to the mental, the mental, the mental state of mind. It's like some people. Well, if you even want to connect spirituality to the mental state of mind, um, the scriptures do talk about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. It talks right. about taking captive every thought and making it obedient to Christ. Right. When you think about it, Christ is love. The Bible is a book of wisdom, and we get blinded because we want to focus on a different religion or blast Christianity. You can blast all you want. The Bible is a book of wisdom. Why would you ignore it? So can I hit anybody from that angle? No. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, right. yes. Just because the book of wisdom, go in there and, and learn what needs to be learned. You're not looking at a white right. Jesus when you're, when you're reading. You're not looking at a white Jesus. That's an image someone put in front of you. Okay, well, don't think about that image. But Just think about Jesus. Just while we get in the wisdom. Right. Mm-hmm. Now say that again. Say that one more time. What's wrong with getting the wisdom? Like, why be bl- so blinded to the things that are, why, we're blinded by the things that are keeping us away from wisdom. Of course. It's kind of like go going to, um, I mean, you might get guided by the spirit, but go after the wisdom. At least don't be so dumb or ignorant that you don't go after the wisdom. Listen, it's a spiritual warfare. You're blinded to it for a reason. Wow, Your history is stolen for a reason. Your legacy has been stolen for a reason. Find out why. <laughs> Right. Some of those answers are in there. Right. And that's that's something to think about, people. You know, this is Compton Politics. This is T25CL.com. This is Galaxy Talk Radio. Man, it's going down tonight. We're just really talking about some real stuff. You know, Compton Politics, we bring the real to you. So um, I appreciate I my guests. I, was on the radio. I forgot what I was, was on the radio. I forgot I was on the radio. <laughs> you did? I mean, because we're just having a conversation, so. But this is what comes to politics. Is about, it makes you feel that you're not even on the radio. And that's why I like how we do this here, because it's open form. You get comfortable. And it's just, that's the way it's supposed to be on a radio show. You know, you, you invite your guests here, and they, 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 you're also the host, too, tonight. You feel what I'm saying? Uh, we're playing all parts tonight. And I know the Galaxy Chief is on. I'm probably not going to be on two more longer. I hope you can call in and might have some questions. Uh, Galaxy Q, if you want to come in, I don't know if Rosalind's still on the phone. I know she was doing something, but I know we yeah, got those calls. I'm still here, though. I'm still here. Uh, okay. You know, Does she have any questions? Was, well, you know, it's just a, a comment that uh, uh, what we were discussing yesterday about, uh, you know, how we schedule our shows, and then when you have an open forum, sometimes we just, you know, we, we're shooting from the hip, man, and these one, this, is, that, this is one of those shows. Prime example, <laughs> you know, because there's probably just things that we would never have even thought about discussing, you know, and this one just came out the blue, and it's heart-wrenching when you think about the uh, child trafficking, tra- children being trafficked, you know, sex trafficking with these children. And, you know, I, I'm looking at really these testimonials of all these arrests and all these kids that have been rescued and all these people that have been arrested and even some are still pending uh, ongoing investigations uh, with this organization. Our we need to have more organizations like this because our children are out there in the streets, 
And and you know what my sister was saying about those those uh, young kids out there on, on um, MLK and down there <clears throat> in uh, South Central. Man, we see a lot of kids, a lot of kids, a lot of young kids down there. And you know what you say? You can't see the forest for the trees, or mm-hmm. it's, it's hidden. Is is hidden in in plain sight? This is what it is. These kids are hidden in plain sight. You overlook with, oh, those little kids hanging out in the streets. Oh, I wonder where they're going. Oh, they're getting ready probably to go to a playground. No, they're on that street being used as sex toys or whatever the case may be. And wow. way out, you know, over in the next corner, next block, watching to make sure they're doing what they're supposed to. So you have all this going on in plain sight. Um, I mean, there's so much going on with with uh, the world today. It is, a, it is a, trust me, I know that it is a spiritual warfare. There's, there's things going on beyond what we see, and we we need to take it we need to take it uh, to the next level because you know there's there's battles that that we cannot ourselves can't fight, and so it's just um, you know. Uh, Starting with every individual to do what we can do as as individuals wanting to make this place a better world. And my sister, I really want to commend you for what you're doing. Um, great endeavors with what you're doing. So um, you know, just continue on and and be that you know good, great example for you know not just women, you know, black women, you know, and and people people of color. We we just need to rise up. I remember, I know when you started out with this show, though, you're talking about, you know, uh, all those 500,000, 500,000 were at that march on Saturday. Might have been a little Yeah, more. yeah. Um, no, they said it was 750,000. Huh? I heard the 750,000. I heard the 750 yeah, was I mean, the most. I, I know it had to have been more. And, mm-hmm. and, um, it, 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 wow, where do you start? Um, when you think about the march and the things that women are looking to do in this world, um, Sojourner Truth said, ain't I a woman? I plowed and planted and gathered into the barns and no man could head me out. And ain't I a woman? Well, aren't we women? I could work as much and eat as much as any man when I can get it. And bear the lash as well. Ain't I a woman? I've born, she said, I've born 13 children and seen most sold off when I when I cried out when my mother grieved. None but Jesus heard me. Ain't I a woman? So these similarities are are, are the differences between, you know, when you think about black women and white women, white women are are, are really captured by Sojourner Truth because she she talks about you know, men who say women should be uh, helped into carriages, and and you know, you know how you used to be gentlemen, you you know, open the doors for the women, and you know, they have the the best place everywhere. You know, it, it, it is. But while nobody ever helps me into a carriage or or over a mud puddle, what she's saying, and gives me any any best place, women today, both black and and white women, uh really cry a mother's grief for the loss of a child and both endure labor pains. But black women's lives, while similar, are different and often disadvantaged because they lack the privilege that white women so 
easily take for granted and opportunities mm-hmm. or remedies. So it it doesn't surprise you know surprise us anyone else that you know uh, you know other white women you know uh, came together and they said hey let's let's do a, a, a million women's march on DC and at first it didn't you know it didn't take but then she called on other women other women of color and these four women got together and started this march. But it always starts with one person. It always starts with one. So, um, so you send the start. Of, so you send the march on Saturday started from four women across the nation. So the four women started the whole nation movement. This, this, this. Yeah, um, I, I know. I this testimony that even Chief had about this one girl who started a movement that had uh, I don't know three miles worth of people that was around this uh, this uh, area, and it just starts with one person. Okay, that's how. That's right. That's right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this comes in politics. This is T25CL.com, Galaxy Talk Radio. We just had another caller calling from Southern California. Who is that caller? Caller, you want to speak? Or are you just going to be silent? Want to put you on mute? All righty then. That's one of them silent customers tonight. Uh, Galaxy Chief, you going to call in? Do you want to say something? You want to speak to the guest tonight about what's going on? I see you on the line. Uh, it might yeah, take a couple I'll seconds for you to come in, because I'll be coming off in a minute. I'll be coming off in the next five minutes. I want to say um, one more thing before you go off. This is Tiffany. Go ahead. I mean, yeah, you got time. You got time. Go ahead. What do you want to talk about? Um. Well, I heard I heard someone trying to um, speak. I'm just saying before you get off, I want to share something. But okay. somebody just trying to talk, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, he's, not, he's not available right now. Oh, okay, okay. Go ahead, Tiff. Okay. I wanted to say something about voting. So, listen, and we all have mixed feelings on voting. I got my own mixed feelings on voting. But um, <clears throat> there was something on the ballot in November, um, Proposition, I think it's HHH, and it passed. There's a part two to that. It's called Measure H that's going to be on the March ballot. And one is no good without the other. They needed to be on the same ballot. But you can look at it as a conspiracy. But we're going we're gonna to do something about that. Let me tell you what's going on. So HHH is funding for housing for the homeless. The, la- the, the, the homeless count for this year is coming up. They need help. Look for that, how to count the homeless, homeless count 2017, Los Angeles. Okay. Um, but last year's homeless count was 47,000. That means on any given night, there's 47,000 people sleeping on the streets of L.A. This is in their car. This is in shelters. This is good row. This does not include couch surfing. Maybe this week I'm with my cousin. This week I'm with my grandmother. This week I am in a car. I'm over here for a month. It doesn't include that. Or the number would be higher. But HHH is to house these people. And it's, um, I believe it's, well, I don't want to, I don't want to misquote. But the bottom line is that it's a 10-year plan. And so the housing is no good without the services because people need services, right? You can't just put them in the house and leave them there. 
So the services part is Measure H, which is going to be on the March ballot. The thing about the March ballot is we don't vote on the March ballot. And I'm just going to keep it real because I don't necessarily have to be politically correct, but it's a conservative white Republican <laughs> that bring their asses out to march and do everything that goes against us. And we don't have a voice because we are barely voting in November and ain't voting in March. And so we have to wow. go out and vote in March for our own sake. This is stuff that affects our city, our county, us, our state, us right here. And we're not right, having so. any sex, though. We're just staying home. But Measure H is on the ballot, and this needs to be voted in. So I'm saying go for that. But then I also want to chastise us for staying home and letting people run our lives. Right. We can march vote when it comes up. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which is not okay, something so that I, know I, know, I don't recall ever voting in March. Okay? Someone had this discussion with me. I'm just giving it to the family. Okay? I'm not, you know, I'm not on a high horse. This is going to be right. probably my first time voting. Um, I think it's March 17th. This is going to be my first time voting in March. I'm yeah, yeah. You know, the number they talked about, they actually talked about that at that event, about y'all getting ready for it. And I, was, and I thought the same thing when they were talking about, oh, yeah, y'all ready to vote because the city council. For, and I'm saying to myself, vote when? Because mm-hmm. they talked about that at the march. They talked about getting ready to vote at the march. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, man, yeah. really? Well, I'm not sure so, what else is going to be on the ballot, but I'm pretty sure it's is there are will be other things that affect us. But I know the measure H is going to affect the services portion for the HHH that already passed for the housing plan. Right. So they got to pass one more thing that for the actually. Go through. Yeah, because these things go hand in hand. Right. They sit right. Together, in my opinion. But anyway, it didn't. It didn't pass before. Oh, oh, I think I know how it passed this time because now there's, you know, Supervisor Margaret Thomas is still on the board of supervisors. There's five of them, four women, two new women on the board of supervisors for LA for LA County. Two new women just got right. appointed. So the first time is. Four of them, and then him, and, and he's the chair. Okay. And all of them were in favor of doing everything in their power to take care of this homeless situation that's, you know, filtering all over into our the middle of our city. Ah, you know right. what? Don't even get me started. It's the gentrification. It's a bunch of baloney that we don't have the money to house the homeless because. If you go downtown, I've been doing videos and putting them on Facebook, calling them the rich and the homeless and filming because they're living together. There's so many lots and so much new stuff and so much housing, so many people with money moving down there paying stupid rent, and the homeless are still there, but they're being pushed out because of the end of the city. Then there's gentrification going on in our black neighborhoods in the city. There's so much to talk about. You need a whole nother hour. I'm happy to No, no, that. we got that. We got What we're going to do next week we're just going to have it next week because it'll be a part one, part two, part three, part four. You know what I'm saying? We're going to really push this issue because this needs to be talked about. All that stuff you're talking about tonight, just, just well, you know what I mean? That's homeless? what we need to talk about. Who do you think is homeless? It's the black people. You don't understand. The numbers are so high. The numbers are so ridiculous. Veterans, 
black men. That's who's mm-hmm. on the field, bro. That's who's down there. Our, 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 our young women, of course, of course, of course. I went and did a tour of a shelter. Um, I think this is 2012. Mm-hmm. Man, most of it was black men in the shelter. So why is that, though? What you think happened? And I'm, you know, it's going to be my last question. What do you think happened? Really? I mean, I'm asking a question. You really want to know? Because, 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 yeah, yeah, I really want to know. It's going yeah, to it's, it's come down to the psychological warf- warfare. It's going to okay. come down to what people got to do to survive. It's going to come down to people being incarcerated. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just going to come down to all the trauma and that uh, the effect that it has on us and people not being able to get a break. Right. You know, because I was speaking about this. I, I, I was speaking about this. I was like, I was telling, like, my home, like my lady friends, you know, they always talking about how it's hard to find a good black man in L.A. and don't nobody got no money out here. And I say, listen, I say the majority of the brothers out here, 45 and over, or 40 and over, are just now getting over the trouble they was at when they was teenagers. Yeah. People getting out parole, coming out of problems, oh. probation. So Don't you're dealing with like a, guy, like, a person, like a person like myself. I'm 51. I'm just now getting over the problems I had when I was a teenager. See? So guess about how many other guys out there like me. It's not that they're bad guys. It's not that they're sorry guys. It's not that they're lazy guys. We are, I'm just now getting over what I've done when I was in my 20s. It took that long for me to establish myself physically, mentally, and adapt back to society, to work, to talk to people on a nice level, intellectual conversations. It took me 20 years. It took me 20 years from 20-some years old in my journey of change. And there's a lot of more brothers like me out there. And I'm glad there's a lot of there's a lot of sisters out there that do acknowledge that. They're not you like to. you wanted uh, to if you want to take it back if you want to take it back to the brain, you wanted to. At a certain point, right. you made a decision, I need to deal with my mess. Right? Right, of course. Of course, and I, and I mean, I, that's just what I said, too. I got to do I got to face my mess. I started this. I, got, I can stop it. And I have to figure out how to do it. I had to reinvent myself. I had to reestablish myself. I had to break myself down to the smallest terms as possible as a man back to a little boy mentality to regrow again. I actually had to do that. This wasn't easy for me to take my brain and take it all the way back to childhood, to start over. And mentally, I, I did it. I did that. I had to do it like that. I couldn't start from being grown because I was confused at being a grown man because I was discombobulated. I didn't know. I mean, I thought I was smart because I was a rich guy in the street selling drugs. But society, don't, you don't, that don't make you a smart person by selling drugs and being in the streets. That doesn't make you a slick person. 
But when I got to start coming back into society and dealing with real issues in life, paying taxes and going to work and clocking in and going to church and coming in at a certain time, not just hanging out all day, 23 hours a day, coming in tired of it, you know. So it's a difference with the transitioning of me changing, getting adapted back to society again, you know, listening to a phone ring and being able to answer because, you know, when you're in prison, you can't answer no phone. I mean, all that stuff is real important. I can answer a phone for eight years. So when I did get my phone that wrong, I would not even answer it. So I had to develop mentally to get myself back to say, oh, I can answer that phone. I mean, it's, it's real. I guess it's another subject. Uh, if you have any more last words you want to say, because I'm going to shut down. It's almost 9 o'clock. Uh, please call in next week. We're going to promote it about what we're talking about. We're going to have more people on the line, but it's good for how we had it with this amount of people because we got more out of it. You know, we got the real, and I appreciate you calling in. Uh, Teacher Five, appreciate you calling in, giving us this knowledge. We love you for that. Do uh, you have any last words? Is there any way, people, how they can get in contact with you, Jeff? Well, I don't want to put my information out there. I would rather someone get in contact with you and then you give it to them. Okay. Yeah. And then right. um, also any last words that I have would be, I mean, we haven't necessarily been talking about love, but I would want to end with love. And um <laughs> we could do a better job of loving ourselves. And I say right. that because we're not good at it. Right. And we can't give it if we don't have it. And where do we plug in to receive love? We have to plug in somewhere to receive it. We also have have to have to love ourselves. Right. And that's so true. And like I said, I appreciate you calling in. I'm gonna call you Miss T D. Dismiss TD, y'all. I pressure her calling in. Like I said, this comes from politics. This is Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. Sorry about the difficulties at the beginning of my show. I was having technical difficulties. I have this old iPad, and it, I had to make it work. And it did. So now I know how to work it. I could be at home doing my show, and I'm so happy that it worked out for me. And thank you for calling back because I know you tried to call in and it couldn't get through. But you, you know, you you believe in what I was trying to do, and you call back, and this this would take the show, and this would makes the show, and people believe in what you're doing, and they take their time out and believe in what you're doing, and come, you know, deal with you. Thank you for the opportunity, because I know this is something that can be listened to at a later time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, about another hour. It's a lot of information, and sometimes people need help. Yeah, and I appreciate you helping. They don't have a person, a safe place, a safe person, a safe environment or whatever. And so if anybody needs help with with anything or has any questions or wants to get even get involved in the community, yeah, just reach out. Okay. So just call me and I can get you in contact with her. Uh, there's no problem. There's my people. Uh, this is Lorenzo Elvis Murphy. This is Compton Politics. You know, I'm going to sign off. Thank y'all for calling next week. Same time, same bat time, same bat channel. We're going to make it happen. I'm going to count down to five. You know, I shut down like this, so I'm going to, you know, this is it right here, like Michael Jackson. Five, four, three, two, one. Thompson, politics. Thank you very much.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.